We are the creators of reality. Those who have mastered perseverance, those who thrive despite attempts to thwart us, those who make magic at the root of the very trees they hung us from. We are the mountains and the rivers. We are the sun and the moon. We are sand and gems. We are the first and the final. We be big and small. We be light and dark. We be seasoned and youthful. We be sensual and sacred. Those gifted and divine. Those powerful and radical. Those vibrant and ancestral. We are the creators of reality. We are the Black Oasis. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Black Oasis podcast. I'm your host, Kaya Supreme, and this is the place where we lay it all down. Today, we have a very, very, very special guest. This man is talented, nurturing, loving, athletic, fine as hell, rapper, father, brother. This man is literally the lover of our souls, as in all black people. Today we have Zori Daudi, Dietrich's bandit. <laughs> How y'all Live doing, man? Live in the full effect. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Black Oasis. How you doing, bro? I'm, yeah. I'm in great vibes, man. You know, we're in the full moon cycle, so I'm I'm riding a good energy. Um, Definitely. You know, getting some good releasing energy, getting some good ritual in yesterday and the day before. Just really relaxed and really in a good vibration to communicate today. And um, I'm just happy to be here. I mean, I'm very excited to be on this journey with you right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to have you on here. <laughs> we always have uh, such good, deep conversations, like to the point where it's like, we have lives. We can't do this. So, <laughs> but I'm hoping that we can give uh, people a little a little taste of what, what it's like. So let me just jump right in. What does um, what does being black and male in America mean to you? What does that look like? What's your experience of just being a black man in this country? I feel like being a black man is in this country is being lost in an illusion, trying to figure out, okay, how do I be myself? But when when that everything that I want to be is looked on as soft or sweet or too sensitive or too nurturing or, you know, I don't want to be the best basketball player. I don't want to be the, the hardest hitter. I don't want to, you know, be the biggest fighter. I don't want to do those things. I want to express myself. That's how I always felt. So it was challenging for me to grow up because it was, I'm seeing all this, what men should be, what men should be. And most of it was been given to me from a black woman. It wasn't very many black men telling me, yo, this is what a black man looks like. This is how a black man, uh, like, associates himself with his children, with his woman, with his friends, with his job, with his with his ambition. I didn't have that. So I was given my 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 notion of what a black man was was from what my father couldn't be. So I was like, okay, how am I trying to I, I am my father's child. So how can I not be my father? But then how can I not be him? I don't want to be I don't want to make him cry like my mother like my mother cried. But how do I not be somebody that I actually am and, and deny myself that 
when my responsibility isn't to console my mother for what my father did, but just be a son to her. But I'm trying to be her father. I'm trying to be her husband. I'm trying to be a good son as well. And I'm trying to be a good brother and, uh, as what I thought. I was the oldest at one time, so I felt like, okay, as the oldest, I should be responsible for these people um, to help my mother out. But it was all these roles that I was getting lost in because it was never, I never had an opportunity to be myself. Hmm. It was, oh yeah, I want to play, I want to do music. No, you need to play sports. Okay, well, you're not going to make music because you're not going to be able to be a rapper. There's no way you're going to be a rapper. You need to play sports so you can go to college. You can take care of us. You can help us out. But it's like, bro, I want to make music. I want to talk to people. I want to write. I want to write books. I want to dance. No, you can't do that. So what do I do? And that's what I feel like my experience as a black man has been, has been trying to figure out how to find my truth when everybody tells me that what I know to be my truth ain't truth. Hmm. So it was like, what do I do? How do I be myself when I know that I want to do this, but they're telling me I can't do that. The people who are supposed to love me are guiding me totally opposite of what inside of me keeps telling me is keep burning and keeps telling me to do this, do that. So I became a liar. And my whole life was been about an illusion of what I thought a man had to be or what I thought I had to do to be a rapper or to be this. Because, okay, rapping isn't the most masculine thing or making music isn't, and dancing isn't the most masculine thing. So I'm going to be a gangster. So they can't ever say I didn't do that. I'm going to go out there and go out there and have my story and do this, that, and the third, terrorize people and have that story, even though that's not who I am, but it's what I felt like I needed to do. So I feel like being a, a black man in this country is to be a liar. There is no truth for us. I don't... That's what I feel. Well, how do you, as a father, work to not recreate that cycle for your own son? I allow him to be who he is. I don't possess him and control him. I guide him. I study him. I, I watch. I observe. I understand that this is not, I'm not living vicariously through him. This is not my child. This is a child of the universe. This is a child of the world. This is a child of God. So this, I'm a conduit for this spirit to come in. To, for this spirit to um, come in and do whatever this spirit needs to do in this life. But for me to say, oh, yeah, you're only going to play sports or you're only going to do this or you're only going to do that. I can't or no, you can't you can't tap into your sexual energy if you want to be if you don't don't want to deal with women or you do want to deal with men. No, that's not my place to say what well, my place to say. My place in his life is to guide him through who he wants to be, who he thinks he should be. Because that's what I felt like I was denied. I had a very strong sense of self at a very young age, but the the um, the constructs of me that that were given to me was more of being a possessed and a control. Oh, you can't say this. You can't. You couldn't. In my household, I couldn't express myself. If you, if my parent hurt my feelings, I couldn't tell them that. I couldn't tell my mother she hurt my feelings. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't. It wasn't that. I I asked my son all the time. What do you think I should do better? Not what he should do better because it's not one-sided. The relationship isn't one-sided. It's never, it should never always be, oh, be down on your son, tell him all the things he does wrong, da 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 da. But then he never gets a chance to evaluate you as a parent because it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a, it's a dual relationship. Like, okay, I tell him to do something or I invite him into my life, he invites me into his life. If I don't ever invite him into my truth or my fears or my insecurities, then why should he ever do that? 
He doesn't know me that way. He doesn't trust me in that manner. So I, I allow him to be himself. He likes reading. He likes dancing. He likes he likes engineering. I never put, push the sport thing on him because I know he's an athlete. I know what blood he comes from and everybody who in my family is an athlete. But that's not my concern. My concern is my son feeling comfortable enough and having the self-esteem and the confidence to go out here in the world. And when somebody picks on him, he defends himself. When somebody tells him that's not his name, he knows that's his name. When somebody tells him he's not black, he looks light-skinned, he can tell people who where he comes from. He can tell people where his ancestors come from. Giving him things and those tools so that he can actually have a sense of self when the rest of the world is telling him, no, that's not who you are, you need to be this. No, a black man don't need to do anything but play ball or, or because when we were coming up, it was either the rap, you, you, you were a rapper, you were a ball player, or you were a drug dealer. And I, I mean, it was the only three things that I ever saw in my life to do. And I did all three of them. And I tried to do them all. I tried to do them all to the, at, a, at a level higher than what my peers were doing. So if I was a gangster, I wanted to be the best. If I was a ball player, I wanted to be the best. If I was, if I was rapping, I wanted to be the best. And that's a testament to my work ethic with the music. I want to be the best at whatever I do. It's just what was I doing? What was my energy and time going to? What did I value being, you know, coming up in this world as a black man? which I want my son to have his own identity and have my daughters have her their own identity, but I want them to have a strong sense of themselves. If that's what anything I can, that I say I want for my children is that I pray that they, that they pray. I can't pray that they, oh, that they follow me and they, they, you know, they find their spirituality. All I can do is pray that they pray and that they, that they find the light in all this darkness. That's all I can do and guide them to the light. Every, every time I get a chance to, where I experience some light, I tell them about it, or I give it, I give it to them, and that's just really how I, how I, how I do it with raising my children for real. That's right, and I really admire, um, as you mentioned, your discipline. You are a person that can really hone in and lock in, and and stay very focused and dedicated to whatever goals that you set. How do you balance fatherhood? a career as an artist, being a partner, and then still find time to make sure that you take care of yourself. Hanging on by a thread to my my sanity. <laughs> I mean, but you know, like, like when I used to come over, you would always just like pop down and do some kind of workout. Didn't matter where you were, what you're doing. You know, I've seen you run uh, almost two miles with no shoes on, which that was just like, who is like, okay, first of all, I can barely walk it. Now you got to take off your shoes. Make the, give the rest of us a chance. <laughs> but like, where does that, the, where does that discipline come from? Um, I spent five, I spent six years living with my father who was very, very militant. He, um, I feel like that comes from him, his militants, his militant stance and like his discipline and organize like his structure. A structure and organization do a lot for me. When I can structure my day, I can get it done. You know what I'm saying? If I I'm the type of guy that I meet up with y'all, I had I like like this is the type of guy I can be. I can I can say, Oh, I have my day planned and I meet up with Kaya and Karuka. Oh, we turning out. 
<laughs> Forget what we had going on, bro. We go. I'm going with the movement, baby. I'm moving with momentum right now. Spirit tell me. Spirit tell me this good energy. I'm I'm rolling over here, even though I was supposed to sit in 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 that stance and do that. But I feel like, okay, I've always known what I wanted to do, and this is where I really think the discipline comes from. I always known what I wanted to do. But it took me so long to actually implicate that in my life. Like it was all about ball, even when I was in college. Like when I went to Morgan, I was going. To, I went to Morgan for football, and I hated myself. I was like, why do I keep bringing sports into my life, and I keep hating myself? Like this is not what I want to do. So I'm making bad decisions because I'm stressed out. I'm not emotionally supporting myself. I'm not supporting myself at all because I'm doing something because people are telling me they think I should do that, not because I actually want to play sports. Yes, I'm an athlete, like you talked about it. I'm an athlete. I'll never not be an athlete, but that is not why I feel like I'm sent here. I feel like it is a tool that can be, that will be used and has been used in order to to do certain things, like as far as protecting people and guiding people. I've always been able to do that. And I've always stepped up to those challenges because I was just physically capable of doing things as a lot of people weren't. But my discipline, I feel like, comes from the fact that I was bullshitting for so long in my life, but I knew what I was doing. I knew what I wanted. So I felt like the karma that was going to come to me for being in this universe and not doing and knowing what what you're here for, but not doing it is way worse than somebody who has no idea of why they're here. They're just walking around in ignorance. But I've never walked around in ignorance. I've pretended to be ignorant, which is go back to me being a liar. I pretended to be dumb. I pretended to be crazy. I pretended to be a gangster. I pretended to be these things because they were distractions because I wasn't capable or disciplined enough to say, no, I'm going to sit in myself and do the work that I need to do for myself. So as soon as I was taught the tools from our elders and from, you know, from my sisters and my brothers, and I was taught these tools and I was loved on and I was nurtured enough that I felt like a superhero, I was, I'm hitting the joint running because now I'm making up for lost time. I've known what I wanted to do. I'm 31. I know what I wanted to do. I started doing it when I was 23. I've known my whole life what I wanted to do. Speak to people and speak to and, and use the 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 um and use uh use music as a guide to to as a portal to you know saying to meet the meet the souls that I need to meet and, meet and touch the spirits that I need to touch. But it was it was really a thing of my ancestors can't be satisfied with me. Like they can't be satisfied with me knowing that I I know my whole life what I'm supposed to be, what I'm supposed to do, what I'm supposed to be here. But I keep acting like I don't know. I keep dumbing myself down. I keep putting myself into situations that are are challenging, whether I'm going to be here or not the next day or if I'm going to be locked up or if I'm going to be whatever. Like it was really a thing of I've been disrespectful and now I need to respect my ancestors in this universe the way I know I need to and stop acting dumb. And that was really where my discipline came from. It was more a fear. It's kind of like a fear-based thing. Like, yo, my ancestors are not going to keep dealing with me like this. Like, I got one more. I got, I ain't got too many more times for them to come bail me out or some shit that I didn't put myself in. Because some people really do go through things where they have to, you know, they just got dealt a bad hand. I don't think I got dealt a bad hand. I think I, 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 I was so confused and so misguided that I made my hand to what it was. And when you know what you know, you you put, you put, you, you just go. It wasn't a thing about faith or belief. It was like, I know I'm here, so I need to do that. And I, I just put everything into it. 
So how, what is your purpose? You know, at Black Oasis, we believe that everybody has a specific gift and that living through that gift and walking in that gift makes the black community a paradise because we are then self-sufficient and thriving. But what specifically do you think your spirit agreed to before coming here? I agree. I feel like my spirit agreed to to chaos. I, I, I agree. I feel like my spirit came here to to um, shake up the mighty tyrant that oppresses the people. I feel like that's, I mean, it's one thing that's always, even when I didn't know anything about struggle, just oppression, injustice, even at a young age, always bothered me. It was just something about it. It was something about protecting people, something about guiding people, something about leading people, something about leading them away from something, almost like Moses, like when Moses came into Egypt, I always, I always looked at his story, Noah's story, because I always felt like when after I, like I've been building this ark, I've been meeting people like you my whole life. I've been, you are true testament of like my ark, because you're, you have such a big part of what I've been building. You've been such a big part of what I've been building, because I want you to be a part of that, and I know that you're, I know how much value, how much power you bring. Whether we're allies, I know I'm not asking you, I'm never going to ask anybody as powerful as you to follow me because I know you're not. What I'm asking is when we meet up on the road and my squad and your squad, we're going to meet up together. You're going to lead yours, I'm going to lead mine. You know what I'm saying? And that's just what I felt like my life has always been about shaking up. The, the status quo, shaking up what people what people um, know to be real, quote unquote, what a man is, what a black man is, what a what a black woman is, what a you know what I'm saying all that. I'm I'm here to shake that up. I'm here to 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 bring a new definition of what it means to be a human being and to just rise the 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 experience that human beings have. That's what I feel like I'm here for, and I'm still trying to figure out the the correct way to go about it because I'm not going to do what Tupac did and just start saying, fuck this person, fuck that person, spit on this journalist, saying, fuck the judge, this, that, and the third, shooting cops. I can't be that. Tupac was 25 when he died. I'm 31 now. I have three kids. I don't know if Tupac had children. I'm, I have I have other, I have to figure out a way to maneuver because I feel like that was my journey is to make it I made my my journey a pretty difficult journey. You know what I'm saying? Like as far as my criminal record, how many children I had, when I started having children, the type of criminal activities I've gotten myself in, the type of life and death situations I've gotten myself in, the type of trauma that I've placed on my head and my my you know my body. I've had a lot of healing and I still have a lot of healing to do, which has taken me away or it can be a distraction from my real purpose here. But when I was misguided and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't operating under excellence or or, or, or standard that my ancestors had displayed for me. I'm just trying to figure it out. You know, I've, I made my journey very difficult. So now I have, which also is a blessing and a curse because I got a chance to see myself go through my quote unquote Tupac phase where I was out there fighting police because I've had altercations with police before where I've tried to get them to fight me where I put my hands on them they've put their hands on me I've been locked up they locked they had no jurisdiction they locked me up in an insane asylum because they said oh he's insane it's that and the third 
I mean, I've had I've had situations like that. So I feel like I feel like where I'm headed is a place where I've had to calm down. I've had to slow myself down so much and be more calculated to figure out how I'm going to fulfill my purpose. Because it's not going to look like a LeBron James. It's not going to look like an Allen Iverson. It's not. And these are people that I looked up to growing up. It's not going to look uh, look like a Tupac. It's not going to look like um, a Malcolm X or Marcus Garvey. It's not going to look like them. It has to look like Daudi. It's, it's going to be Daudi's journey. And I'm still trying to figure that out. But I feel like I do, in essence, know the general idea of what I'm supposed to do and, you know, like why I'm here. That's right. And I've, uh, excuse me. I've watched you mature and grow and, and really um, manifest the reality and the life that you want. What are some, some things that you've had to overcome specifically um, in your life? What are some character, fa- uh, char- character flaws that you've had to um, focus on and, and elevate out of? I feel like the a big, a big, big one, especially because you know me. I had to fall out of love with my my penis. I had to. Facts. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. There was a one point I was like, everybody needs this. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Let me bless her right quick. <laughs> Let me bless her. But that's so much ego involved with that statement because yeah, I'm not the biggest. I don't last the longest. I don't, I can, I have, I can't be somebody's biggest. I can't last longest for somebody, but there's always going to be somebody who lasts longer. There's always going to be somebody whose girth is bigger. Who's yeah, it it's always going to be that. So that's so much ego wrapped into it saying, oh, I have the best sex ever. That's not the case. It's to me, what I, what I started learning about sex is sex is about a connection. And when you're really connected with somebody, the sex can be awesome. If you're not, or if there's things that are going on, the sex can be terrible. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, that was a big thing for me, um, overcoming my fear of confrontation. I don't like confrontation. I don't like being around bad energy. I don't like being, a, I don't like seeing myself when I lose it, you know, because I, 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 coming up, I thought that being loud and being angry was the same as being dangerous, you know what I'm saying? Or being or making people, people will fear you. But people, only people who fear you are those who are, are dealing with the same thing because those those people who are calm and quiet and they just got a smile on, those can be some of the most dangerous people in the world. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. overcoming that construct, um, the construct of me being a gangster, um, the insecurities of, of, of me feeling like I'm not an alpha male and I feel like I'm, I, I resonate more with feminine energy off from a, from a, um, a standpoint of when you first meet me, I feel like I'm more nurturing, I'm more compassionate, I'm more empathetic, I'm more, I'm more empathetic than most black men try to let on to be like, oh, they're this big alpha male, this and third. And I'm never, I don't come around, I don't go into most of my places, um, with that mindset like I don't I try I try my my best not to show anybody my aggression unless I like really really have to but I try to show my kindness first but then most a lot of black men take it for weakness and I've had to do things because people took me as weak and they put their hands on me and I've had to just defend myself and then it was just too late for them then but um things like that have been my biggest the the, the love of 
me and my relationship with my penis had to change. Me and my relationship with being a gangster had to change. Me and my relationship with fear of confrontation because it made me dishonest because I didn't want to make people feel uncomfortable. So I would just tell them a little white lie here or a little white lie there or I'd lie to protect them or whatever. And it wasn't, I mean, you should, I, that always made me feel like a coward. So it's like that trickle effect of, oh, you just lied just to, just just because you were trying to please them. But then in the back of your mind, when you start thinking about it, you're like, man, that's the coward's way out. Like that's, that's what cowards do. And no, you're not a coward, but now what you got to do to prove to yourself that you're not a coward, it, it's just an ongoing battle with my mind. Like the mind has been a big thing for me. And I don't feel like a lot of people know the demons that I battle with because I hold a, I, I try to hold a good disposition most times, but I be going through it in my mind, bro. Like the things that go, the things that come through my mind and the things that I've had to overcome. I mean, I, I came into this realm. I, I was, I, I, I was, I wasn't even supposed to be six or seven years old because I had such, I had a lot of defects with my birth. So I've been fighting my whole life. And now it's almost when things are calm, I'd be looking for a fight. I'd be looking for something to fight. I'd be looking for somebody to beef with. I'd be looking for somebody, I'd be looking for chaos. And it's like, I've been realizing that lately that I'm not being, I'm not in the streets no more. So I'm not dealing with the same type of energy, but I still I still fiend for that energy. Like I still want niggas to to to, to call me up and tell me that they trying to kill me. I still want to go out there and have guns and knives on me and ready to squeeze and ready to kill. I like because that's the type of energy that my body has been prone to. So I'm trying to heal from that and get out of that mentality. But I go everywhere. My head's on a swivel. I got knives on me all the time. I don't carry guns, but I got knives on me. I I'm very I, I practice martial art every day. I train my body every day. And I'm training for war. And I'd be like, but I never run into that energy. I never have to fight people on the street. I never have to do that. But my mind is set on it. And it's like, I know that if I keep this shit on my mind, it's going to end up happening. But it's like, how do I get? And then I get in the car and I'm in. And, and I don't feel comfortable driving because I feel like a cop is going to blow my fucking head off, which is almost happened. So it's like, I'm. I'm dealing with all kinds of PSTD, PTSD that's that I'm trying to heal from that makes my body want to react in a certain way. It makes my body want to want to do certain things sometimes. It makes me want to be that beast that I felt like I used to be and that I used to honor. I used to honor that. I used to honor my anger. I used to honor me hurting people. I used to honor that man. Like I honored him. Like he was the he was that was the most I liked myself ever when I felt like I was a monster. When I felt like a complete monster was the the, the most I ever had fun with myself. Where I was, just, I didn't have a, I didn't have no, I had no fear. I had, I didn't care if I died. I didn't care if I lived. I didn't care what happened today, what happened tomorrow. Like I was really living like that. And you get into a place where that becomes your mindset. And it's even years after not living like that, it's still, it's still on you. It's still like that energy is still on you. It's still ever so prevalent. I don't live in the same neighborhoods I used to live in. I don't I don't deal with any of the same type of energy that I deal with. But my mind still be like, yo, I can't man if if anybody try. If anybody try, I'm I'm well, I'm I'm prepared to die. I'm prepared to go. But it's like I wanna I have to heal from that. Cause those are those yeah, are crushes. I feel like it definitely comes to territory, like I definitely I think even just this past weekend was like, man, I miss fighting. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> I miss fighting, but I'm, I know it's something else in that because I know that I don't miss 
hurting people. I don't miss. I'll say. You know, I'll say. Yeah, I don't I'll miss the, the stress. Of, I don't miss the paranoia that comes along with it when you know you just did something and might be somebody trying to get back. I'll say. I'll say. Or the passion that I miss. So I'm trying to figure that out because there is a part of me like, dang, I ain't been in a fight in so long. But like, well, there are a lot of people who've never been in fights. Before. Never been in fights before, bro. Never been in reality. <laughs> like everybody doesn't always fight. Like I remember uh, just that having that realization one day. I was like, dang, we ratchet. Like, yeah, <laughs> we're real ghetto. Hey, bro. And I'm I don't know why I'm ghetto because I definitely went. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's no reason for me to be out here fighting. But I understand. I feel like you when you're looking for that identity when you're looking for that that validation of being black and you know we went to north chevy chase like going to a predominantly white school there's this big pull of like but so maybe there's an overcompensation there but either way i do miss the adrenaline i'll say that i say i think i missed the ritual of the fight yeah, I, I think I missed the You know what I, I think that we miss, Kaya? I think it's what we had to show ourselves that we can persevere. Because I know I know how you were living your life at some point. And I know you were going through some dangerous stuff. And when you go yeah. through danger like that, it triggers something in you. It triggers that fight or flight. And it's like, oh, I've shown myself plenty of times that I'm a fighter. So it's like, when life calms down, it's just like when you go to war and you you shooting and people are shooting at you. It's kind of hard to get off that mindset when you really, really live a life like that. Like like you said, some people, bro, I know some people have never seen a gun before. I've never had a gun pointed to their head. I've never been in a shootout before. That's not my reality. My reality is that I've been through all those things. I've had plenty of guns in my face. I've had plenty of bullets fly past me. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's my reality and when i overcome that it made me feel it made me feel a certain euphoria like no it wasn't the fact that i was hurting people it was the fact that i i did what i had to do to survive and i showed myself that i was going to that i was going to like protect myself and in some scary ass times and i felt like the euphoria or whatever whatever happens to our bodies and our minds when we protect ourselves in a life or death situation it alters your mind. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And it's like something that you'll never get. Like like that feeling that I don't feel like I've never had that feeling before. Or after. Except for those those you know, yeah. those those like situations. situations. So I'm trying oh. to find healthier ways to feel that way. Yeah, and I think that's what the that's what the that's what the press is to hone because we're fiery people. You know, we're passionate, fiery people, sensitive people. It's got the energy is going to go somewhere. Somewhere, yeah, yeah. Um, So two things. One, I want to ask you one last question, and then I'm going to segue into you telling us about your art and how we can follow you. Okay. Uh, First, if you have one wish for the black community, what would it be? Whew. One wish. One wish, one wish. If I had one wish, it would make me better. Knowledge yourself. Bingo. Knowledge yourself. I would and add that, that means knowledge of and that means knowledge of previous lives. Yeah. 
That means knowledge of ancestry. Ancestral lives, yes. Knowing what your triggers are and why they are and yeah. how they are. Yeah. True knowledge of self. Yeah, true knowledge of self. That's that's deep. Yeah. Oh, if 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 it was one thing, I feel like this knowledge of self. Knowledge of self. Because I feel like what Michael Jackson said, the man in the mirror, you can't change the world to change yourself. Because your world, because you are living inside your world. We forget that our bodies are our worlds. Everything else is not our world. It's what the world is giving us, this system, this matrix that we're inside of the world. Anybody in the matrix is going through the exact same thing. They all, you know, everybody. Once you start tapping outside of the matrix and start tapping into your own world, that's where you start finding the real treasures of who you are, what you are, what you can do, what you, what you shouldn't do, what you should eat, what you shouldn't eat. When you start tapping into a whole different realm and you start being able to communicate with other with other realms and other beings from other realms and you get to tap in how we tap in. Our conversation flows off our tongue so easily when we talk to each other. It just flows. But I know it's something greater that's happening. You know what I'm saying? It's something greater than us. It's something that we're tapping into at the same time. And we're allowing something to flow through us that's healing us, that's challenging us. That's because we've had so many, our relationship has not been a walk in the park at all, but the way we always come back and honor and respect each other and challenge each other to be greater, the intention is always to make each other greater, I feel like with us. But it, but like you say, we're sensitive, we're fiery, we're emotional people, and we've had backgrounds that that are, that are pro, where both of us are prone to, you know, saying like, we're big dog. I know you big dog. I'm big dog. My my homies call me big dog. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, they're looking for me to to react a certain way, to protect them and, and to be there for them in that, in that fashion. So I'm prone to react in a certain way. And I'm just, you know, being clear on it. More knowledge of myself is helping me be a better father, be a better man to Dwede, be a better be a better brother to you and Ikaruka and Ifeoma and whoever else needs me. You know what I'm saying? Just being a better, my, my own family, you know what I'm saying? Me and my mother are developing a relationship that we've never had. I'm being myself and I'm allowing her into the African spirituality. And I always thought that she would never accept that. But as I give it to her, if I, as I spoon feed her, this and this and then she's like man it makes so much sense it's like i'm healing i'm helping healing my mother and she's helping heal me so but that's just us you know us getting inside ourselves and being like you know what it's all about me that's a bomb wish so if you all don't know he's a rapper (laughs) tell us about your projects tell us how we can follow you tell us everything we need to know to get more of you um, Instagram is a bandit, Zoria bandit, Z A bandit. Um, that's my Instagram. That's my tag on, you know, pretty much on all platforms, either Dietrich the bandit, D T R I C K T H A bandit or the bandit. Um, uh, I have, I have put over, I'm on my 10th project. I'm not sure if I'm going to release the project this year, next year, probably release it next year just because of everything that's going on. And I want to, you know, I have other things that's going on. Um, I just started a clothing line called Cosmic Citizen. I've been, you know, uh, drop shipping and manufacturing, 
dropshipping and manufacturing through Teespring. So I have my own little website and I'm selling everything from hoodies to children's clothes to fanny packs and leggings, selling a lot of that. But as far as my music, I started making music seriously when I went, when I moved to Atlanta. And ever since I've been to Atlanta, I put out, I moved to Atlanta 2015, no, 2014 and put out a project every year after that. I put out two projects last year on all platforms. The next project that I put out is called Please Do Not Disturb My Peace. It'll be on all platforms. I just got the project back, but I'm still doing a campaign. I'm still running, um, putting together a campaign plan and a promotional plan. So um, it'll be the first project where I own everything. I, I got everything mixed and mastered. I've, you know, I have videos. I have the whole kit and caputo. So I'm, I'm very excited about this one. Um, the sound, I own all the beats, you know, everything's mine. So I'm really excited about this. It's been a hard journey to just juggle everything that I have, I have going on and still continue to fight to make my music, especially as expensive as it is to make music and to promote yourself. So I'm, I'm just going hard, man. Um, I make music that's really expressive. I express myself in my music. I don't really get into a lot of the stories that I've been through or like a lot of the actual situations that I've been through, but I tell you how I feel in my music. I tell you how I feel about, you know, this or that and how I'm handling it or what I'm doing to try and handle it and how I'm persevering through things. So I call my music, I like to call my music purge music or pain music more so not so much that it evokes a lot of pain, but it's coming from a place of pain. That's where my ambition comes from is because is I feel pain and I felt pain from early on. And it's 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 allowed me to cultivate this fire in me that wanted wants to heal people and wants to affect people so that they don't ever have to feel the kind of pain that I felt. Um, and, you know, I just I just give people that side of me. It's the very expressive, the very artsy, the very emotional and sensitive side of me. Um, and I just, my, my lyrics are real. They're real authentic. They're, 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 I'm emoting. I'm emoting. I'm purging. And uh, it's just like a therapy session for me. So if you ever get a chance to listen to me, I got a few, pro- I got two projects on all platforms from Spotify to the Deezer, the Title, iTunes, YouTube. I have a few videos on YouTube. Um, I'm I'm still putting out music. I haven't I haven't stopped. I uh, wrote a book in 2017 that I haven't published yet. So I wanna I wanna finish. I wanna get that done before this end of this year. So probably won't put out that project. But I got a few things going on, man. A few things going on. But the art is a uh, art is a conduit for me to speak to people so I'm gonna keep making it I'm gonna keep speaking and I'm just gonna let God let God flow through the music and let him flow through my career and not have that many expectations just just put in the work and let let the universe and the spirit do the rest absolutely so I just want to thank you so much so 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 much for coming on this podcast thank you so much for being so vulnerable and transparent and open but i want you to know like you are truly a phenomenal brother i see your press your press and your fight to be your best self to learn more about who you are 
you have grown so much. Hmm. It's a beautiful thing to just watch you manifest. Thank you. And it's such an honor and a privilege to have a relationship with you. Thank you. I love you unconditionally. I love truly, you too. Unconditionally. And I'm so grateful to have you in my life. Thank you so much for being here. I say. I say. All right, ladies and gentlemen and non-gender conforming folk. That was our time. Thank you so much for listening to Black Oasis Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Kaya Supreme. You can follow us on Instagram at Black Oasis ATL, Facebook at Black Oasis ATL, and the website www.blackoasis.org. And this podcast can be heard on all streaming platforms as well. Make sure you check out The Bandit, check out all of his music, get you some merchandise, support Black business, support Black men, and let's just heed some of the, the, the wisdom that he dropped on us today. So thank you everyone for being here. Love you. Until next time, stay black, but you don't really have a choice. Breathe. <laughs>